ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Hi, I'm Melissa Clark. Coming to you from Gadigal Land, this is ABC News Daily. The final report of the Royal Commission into the robo-debt scheme has landed with a heavy thud of condemnation. It has found the scheme of collecting debt from welfare recipients was crude and cruel, neither fair nor legal, and recommends both civil action and criminal prosecutions. Today, legal expert Dr Darren O'Donovan, who's fought for victims for years on their struggle for justice. A day of reckoning. It destroyed and cost lives. Innocent people were hunted, hounded by Centrelink for money they didn't owe. The Royal Commission into the robo-debt scandal has handed down its findings into the unlawful scheme, recommending its architects be referred for criminal and civil prosecution. The inquiry was told government department officials were repeatedly warned robo-debt was unlawful but never stopped it. A crude and cruel mechanism neither fair nor legal. It was a costly failure of public administration in both human and economic terms. So, Darren O'Donovan, after a long and at times pretty harrowing process, this Royal Commission is complete. We have a final report. What does this mountain of work tell us about the story of robo-debt? This is not a welfare story. That's what how it got tagged. That's how it kept going. This is a story and a report that should stop Australians in their tracks and really cause them to question their entire political and government culture. Can you just remind us, when did RoboDebt start and what was it designed to do at the outset? So it, it began in early 2015, right from the start, it was all about perpetuating a political vision. I mean, the Australian people want a tough welfare cop on the beat. Eight out of ten income taxpayers go to work every single day to pay for the welfare bill of this country. We owe it to them to ensure that that system has integrity, just like our immigration system. Can you explain for me how these calculations of debt were made and how they were often wrong and what consequence that had on people who received these debt notices. All that was done to calculate a debt was to take an annual figure and divide it by 26. Just that simple stroke of a pen. Back in 2018, um, I received a letter into my MyGov inbox telling me that I owed about $9,000 um, I was so upset. I I was so sleep deprived and I was trying my best to keep my house a roof over our head. Now, that's wildly unlawful because people do not earn consistently across the year. As As a legal expert, I cannot underline how utterly, utterly devoid of logic these calculations were. Yet 
this system was proceeded with and alarm bells were raised about debt notices being issued that weren't accurate, what happened when those concerns were raised? It's an astonishing timeline. I mean, the report is 990 pages long and it spends most of its time just outing every single time a lawyer said no, every single time people asked for the the truth and people said, confront this. Why are you doing this and never getting an answer? It being buried. The government's robo-debt scheme that hit hundreds of thousands of people with demands to repay money they didn't owe has ended in a $700 million backdown. From 1st of July, uh, in good faith, the government will be uh, repaying those debts to those Australian people. Victims only ever received the narrowest of legal responses to what they went through. The government never paid compensation. The government wiped the debts and said, if you paid us any money, you can have some interest on that. So all people ever got was tiny amounts of interest. But when you take $20 from some of these people, you're taking the toy for their child. You're taking the little bit they need to live. It's been pretty clear throughout that the Commissioner, Catherine Holmes, has been very concerned about what she was discovering, in particular around the former Department of Human Services Secretary, Catherine Campbell. Ms Campbell was tight-lipped for much of her evidence. No, I don't know. No. Tensions were high. I don't understand your question. I'm trying to understand your answer. Some of her findings suggest that uh, Ms Campbell was responsible for the department that maintained this unlawful program and that when exposed to information that brought to light the illegality of income averaging, she did nothing of substance. What does this finding tell us about the state of the public service and the people who are leading it? I think the public service is now going to rush to say all this was a certain time and a certain place and certain people. They're going to face challenges in doing so. (laughs) Um, because across the nine weeks from the lowly middle managers all the way up to the top, and Catherine Campbell is the top at law, we saw an absolute den of cowardice, of careerism, of people who failed to show the strength, courage and leadership of the victims themselves. The former Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, also appeared before the Royal Commission and had some quite testy exchanges while he was giving his evidence. All right, now look, that's not my question. Are you listening at all? I am. Now, if you go to the last page there... Mr Morrison, I'm not going to the last page. I've asked I'm a question you've given an answer. Question. Help me I'll ask your question. question. No, 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 you'll be answering something you've assumed I've asked. Okay, it's well, be- better that I ask it again, Mr Morrison. Let's go again. The report has come to say that it rejects as untrue some of Scott Morrison's evidence, particularly that income averaging was an established practice. Um, you agree? There, that- were, there, were, there were new elements, but the fundable proposition of using income averaging and automation, the purpose of identifying and raising debts, was not new. And he was criticised for not 
making proper inquiries as his role when he was the social services minister about this. Having asked you what this report tells us about the state of the public service, what does this report tell us about the state of our political leaders and our cabinet ministers, given some scathing comments as well around the roles of Stuart Robert and Alan Tudge too? Do you know what I think is most telling about Mr Morrison? He put out a statement where he rejected the findings of the Royal Commission, which is his right. I do want to note that Mr Morrison received what the victims never received, full procedural fairness, legal representation, an absolute rigorous chance to put his side. But what's most telling about the statement he put out is the word he doesn't use, robodebt. Victims stood where it was dangerous. They weren't listened to. Mr. Morrison should consider what his ethical response should be. We know civil action and criminal prosecutions have been recommended, but we don't know any of the details because that section of the report is sealed. This is no doubt legally necessary, but... Is it somewhat unsatisfying for victims to not be able to see those recommendations, see the outcome and the conclusions of the Commissioner at this point in time? No. Commissioner Holmes has done the right thing. Commissioner Holmes is victim-centred in what she has done. She is right to preserve the chance at the most seismic thing that could possibly happen, the most vanishing rarity in Australian life, that a public servant in high position would feel personal consequences for actions they have taken. Commissioner Holmes, she has sent the information the Royal Commission has uncovered, and she has sent that to a number of entities. So what these uh, agencies now have to do is go to their legal framework, their processes, and crucially, their standard of proof, which is higher, which is an extremely narrow road, and see what consequences might follow. The Commissioner has addressed the question of compensation, but comes to the conclusion that the cost and uh, logistics of trying to address it would be astronomical and incredibly difficult, and instead suggests that perhaps increasing welfare payments might be a better way to give people security, which is what they're looking for in the first place when they turn to social services. What do you make of that suggestion? Commissioner Holmes says she sat for a very long time before making that finding. There's never going to be true justice. There has been a wrong perpetrated that we can never put right. And what breaks my heart is that victims are being asked to give in a way. And Commissioner Holmes says the matter of uh, raising the rate of welfare payments should be considered by the Treasurer. In any healthy functioning democracy, all sides of politics would be roaring to increase what people are living on because it's been identified as the best way to atone for something that has brought shame on all of us. And I'm so sorry to everyone.
Do you think something like robo-debt, something illegal, unfair and cruel as we know it to be, could happen again? Has Australian policymaking learnt? Everyone obviously will open the report and sort of rush to the technical recommendations and sort of assume that we can legal our way out of this. The only way to stop robo-debt is for those in the social security system to acquire political power and more importantly, cultural power. We have to change the way people are spoken about. We have to make sure that we give a platform to the people only ever talked over and talked about in this country. Dr. Darren O'Donovan is a specialist in administrative law with La Trobe University. This episode was produced by Veronica Appap, Flint Duxfield and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Supervising producer is David Cody. I'm Melissa Clark. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all of our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. Listener.